Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax with their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs. You can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. There are times, Steve Versnick, when I wonder why I don't have like a gambling app, except that I'm a sports writer and it's probably not a good idea. Well, uh, I also don't think uh, gambling is legal in Florida yet, but you know. That's well, not, good point. Well, you not that that stopped anybody. That's true. Can't you do like DraftKings or something like that? I don't know. Well, you can do that. That's, I mean, yeah, that's that's a little different thing. Than, but yeah, listen. That aside, I was the amazing Kreskin. If you guys are old enough to remember that, or I had the crystal ball, whatever, because I knew. And this is not a fan thing, because I'm, I'm, you know, we've done talked about the fan card thing. I knew that the Tampa Bay Lightning were going to go to Toronto and win. I knew it. In fact. I had the score right up until the last couple of seconds with the empty netter there. I had the Lightning winning 3-2. to I told everybody when I walked into the media room at uh, the Bucks facility for the NFL draft, I said, oh, they're winning. We put it on. We turned the sound down. And I said, just let me know when it's close to being over because it's going to be 3-2. to two. And sure enough, I looked up, and there it was. It was 3-1 to one for a while, and then it was 3-2. to two. And they get the empty netter, and they win. This This was... Not, I mean, their best defensive effort, for sure, I think. Um, but it's not dissimilar to where they, the way they've been playing. Although you have to give John Cooper a lot of credit because he made a big decision in terms of the lineup. He went, went with that 13th forward, Mikey Isamont, who ended up with a goal and an assist, and he sat Tanner Janot, um, who they gave up a lot for, and... Isamont gave him a little bit of pep. He gave him a little another gear, and it worked. And so the series continues. And I got to be honest with you, I don't think they're going to lose Saturday in Tampa either. I think this is going back to Game Seven. And oh, by the way, we talked about this before. Andre Vasilevsky in elimination games. What is he now? In the last three years, really good. He hasn't, he's he's lost one. Yeah, <laughs> and that was the Stanley Cup. Um, so yeah. Good luck trying to, to trying to beat that dude. This Toronto, start gripping because man, uh, the Lightning. If I mean, you just look at the two games they lost in overtime, both of which they should have won. Certainly the one they were up four to one, and what would this series be? It could be over, but you know, Game Six in Tampa on Saturday. The Lightning have dominated this series five on five. No doubt. Like it's Toronto is struggling five on five to get much surge. They'll get a shot here or there. They'll get a shift mm-hmm. here or there that does well. They right. don't have that surge where they just start pushing and pushing. Where you've seen the Lightning be able to do that five on five at times. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know tonight. I mean Toronto. Their, their second goal was a six on five. You know you give yes. them an extra player on the ice. Oh, they're lethal. Pa- power play six on five, whatever it is. They're. I mean. They've they've got world class high skill players. They're exceptional on a with a man right. advantage. But I they, mean, really exceptional. They have not been able to 
sustained surges five on five in this series. And, and tonight, right. kudos to the Lightning, two two pow, uh, penalties they took. That's it. The Maple Leafs mm-hmm. went on the power play twice. That's stayed it. out of the box. Yeah. If you can do that in Game Six, stay out of the box. You know they may get a power player too, but you know no more than that. Then you really like the Lightning's chances based on the way, particularly the last three. It was first two games you can almost throw out. Each mm-hmm. team dominated one of them, and they were ugly games. Yeah, but the, the three cents, and granted, the Maple Leafs have won two of those. But five on five play, the Lightning have been the better team by far in the series. Now, can you sustain that for Game Six? I mean, you know, at this point, Toronto's got to be going. Okay, what do we got to do differently? I mean, you know, go through their players tonight. Matthews was pretty good tonight. And that, but you start getting to the second and third line. It was, you know, O'Reilly wasn't much tonight at all. Tavares wasn't much tonight. He he had Uh, the first goal, I think. Yeah, but I mean, but just in in the run of play, I'm I'm talking about, you know, just yeah, yeah, you you know, where you just you you just feel they're dangerous throughout the game, like Matthews was. Mm -hmm. But beyond beyond that, there wasn't much. I mean, the, the Lightning really, as much as Vasilevsky was taking criticism and. And the Lightning's defense, I mean, as a unit, as a five-man unit, their defense played really well tonight, all, all game long. And that's 11 straight elimination game losses by the Leafs. Yes, 11 straight Matthews games that they could have eliminated the opponent. That's right. That's great. They've lost yes. now, which dates back to they haven't won a playoff series since 2004. The year that the Lightning right. won their first Stanley Cup, and that's that's going to wear on them. Speaking of penalties, what I mean, really, Pat Maroon was that a penalty? No. Looked like the other guy instigated it, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I mean it's a bad call, but that, that's going to happen. And yeah. you know, sometimes they it off. Yeah, right? I mean, you know, I, I think I think the official just thought it was a lot worse than it was. Hmm. You know, I you know you can't explain it. So I mean, sometimes there's going to be a bad call, and that's which is which is it, why yeah. which is why you can't take a lot of unnecessary penalties. Mm-hmm. You know, because occasionally you're going to get a bad call against you that you didn't commit a penalty, right. but you're going to be on the penalty kill. I mean, every team does that, right? So don't take the unnecessary penalty. They did a really good job tonight of that. Welcome back, by the way, Nick Paul, who's becoming a little bit of a. You know, Maple Leafs killer. I mean, remember the two goals in Game Seven? Finally scored. I don't. I don't know what happened to Nick Paul on offense this year. He was great like a year ago. If he reemerges, whoa boy! <laughs> you know, because he can do everything. Well, that's his third score, career right? goal when facing elimination in a playoff series. He only trails Stamkos, Brad Richards, and Andre Palat in the franchise history. <laughs> Think about that. That's crazy. And he's been here, well, he was traded for, what, last season? Two years, yeah, a year and a half. One playoff I mean, run in five games he's been a part of the team. Right, right. Well, they got to feel good about themselves, and Cooper was full of himself mm-hmm. afterwards. He said, let's be, this game's so damn fun, you got two teams going at it. Seriously, you know, don't you want to be back here? Back here for Game 7 mad? on Monday. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. Let's get back Game 7. I mean, it's a great series, you know. Toronto's like, no, no, we, no, no. We'd like to end yeah. this, please. But I thought it was really key tonight. So the Lightning came out flying, and they were dominating yeah. the early game. But Toronto mm-hmm. got the first goal. 
And that built that right. building was electric when they scored. Mm-hmm. Twenty five seconds for, later. Twenty five yeah, seconds say. later, Sorelli tied it. That was huge. And that's the only yes. lead that Toronto had all night was tw- twenty five seconds. And in this series, really in the in the last two years, the the team that scores first has had a big advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not uncommon in the playoffs, but you know, I I did think when uh, when Toronto scored, I thought, ooh, that's going to be tough because you're going to spend a lot of time trying to just get the you know the one that evens it up, and sure enough, they got it inside of a minute. So, um, yeah, that was huge to take the crowd out of it again. The crowd was you know, they were jacked, obviously, and um, you know to to let them know game on. You know what I mean? Like just because you scored first doesn't mean we're done, and um, that was big. The way they played, listen, their experience counts for something. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't been down 3-1. Um, but they were down 3-2 to this team and losing 2 to nothing at home and came all the way back, won game six, went to Toronto, won game seven. Uh, when you've been through and played as much hockey, playoff hockey as this team, and you're not Toronto, you've lifted the cuff twice and you've made it to the Stanley Cup Finals three years in a row those seeds of doubt are not really there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, it's not the same team, and, and you still have to do it. Um, but they know that they're capable of doing it. I thought it was interesting. I don't know if Stamkos or somebody afterwards said um, something to the effect that, you know, with all that's kind of gone on this year, uh, it's like, look, we're, you know, we're a really good team. Like, we we would be remiss not to take advantage of all the good players we have here. Mm-hmm. You know, that we can make a run. Like, we're good enough to do this again, you know? And so, you know, it's kind of on us to uh, – and it was Victor Hedman that said it. He says, you know, yep. we got a phenomenal team. We've got all the tools, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, these are the type of games we want to play in. Uh, backs against the wall, all of that, and, you know, it would be a shame to to end it early because they they have a team that can go a long way. They they've got to get out of this series, obviously. Um, but they didn't try to win three games in one night. You know, they they took care of business, and now they get to come home to their own arena, their own crowd. Where the last time we saw them, they had a four to one lead in the third. Let them do that again. Let them get up on on Toronto four to one again, or a couple goals in the third period. It might. It's probably going to be a different result. Um, you so would you would think they're one. not going to do that twice. No, no. So for impossible. a team that's never done that before. Exactly, exactly. Or well, and, I uh, shouldn't say never done that before because they were down three nothing to Columbus. Although that was in the first period, they were up three nothing in the game. That's right, they were up three nothing. Not in the they, third yeah, period. To lose it. Yeah, not to do it in right. the third period. No, and 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 I think they gained a lot of confidence closing this game out. You know what I mean? When it mm-hmm. got tight. Um, they were able to finish the deal. And, uh, you know, maybe John Cooper found a little spark. I mean, you know, that's what coaches do. They make little subtle adjustments, have a hunch, play the hunch, got a little pep, a little extra gear going, uh, gave up some physicality for sure, but it certainly paid off. And uh, the Lightning are alive. They're alive. And the longer this series goes, maybe the hope is you can get Chernak back at some point. I mean, we haven't Boy, seen that, him yet on the ice, really, even practicing yeah. yet. So he may not be close. We don't know. True. But the longer this goes, the better chance you've got that he could come back at some point. Yeah, that would be such a huge lift for them. It really would. But uh, 
Well, good for the Lightning, man. Uh, the season has at least one more game, and and uh, who knows? Maybe they'll take it to a Game 7. It would be a very, very nervous building in Toronto for Game 7, man. Uh, they've just they've been down this road so well, many times, and they've been down three one and lost it before. I know, and there's only been somebody said, and I don't know if this is modern era salary cap. Like, there's only been like thirty something series where a team came back down from three one. I think does that make sense? Playoff yeah. series, it, you may, some, you may be, I haven't seen those numbers, but it, you might be right. Yeah, it's it's rare. I mean, it's it happens. It's not impossible, obviously, but but it's it's hard to do. Um, and that that's obvious, right? You got to win three in a row, two on home, on on away ice. Um, so good for the Lightning. We'll uh, we'll check in on them, of course, uh, next weekend. By the time we talk to you on Monday, we'll we'll at least uh, know if the series is alive. Or, well, yeah, either or, it'll or, be over or they're going to play Game Seven that night. That night on Monday, yeah, um, for sure. So because Game uh, Game Six will be Saturday night at seven o'clock. It's at seven. Yes. You know, I heard rumor that it was going to be at one p.m. So I'm glad it's, it's no. It's at, at seven o'clock at Amelie Arena. That's a good one. Okay, great. Well, we're going to talk about the Bucks and their first round pick. The Rays pick off the lowly White Sox again this time in the South Side of Chicago. But first, I want to tell you guys how to save money on your electric bill. It was really funny uh, yesterday. I had some people standing outside my house asking me. Hey, you got a minute? I want to sell you something. I want to, you know what they're trying to sell? Solar electric energy. I was like, no, no, no. When I do that, when I'm ready, I've got a company, and you do too. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been installing solar electric systems now in the area for 13 years. There's a lot of these companies, like the ones standing outside my door. But May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is the main difference if you visit the Hudson Showroom. May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. They're going to customize exactly what your needs are when they install it. And plus, they don't use subcontractors. So all those people up there hammering in those uh, solar panels on your roof, those are Billy Mays guys. You know exactly who is doing the job. Start saving Today, call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar. Here's the number, 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill all year long, preserve those appliances, May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. All right, so the NFL draft commenced on Thursday, and we'll get to the Bucks pick here in just a minute. I, I thought it was interesting, Steve, that, Three of the first four picks were quarterbacks, and then there were no more. I, I really thought that maybe four, possibly five quarterbacks would go in the first round. They went three in the first four picks, and that was it. Yeah, I mean, Hendon Hooker was always a question mark because of his health, knowing that he's probably not going to be able to play much or, or this year, recovering right. from his injury. But Will Levis was definitely surprised not to go in the first round. Yeah. And, 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 and the biggest reason being is anybody drafted in the first round you get that fifth-year option for. Mm-hmm. So particularly mm-hmm. for a quarterback, if that quarterback turns out to be good, you want that fifth-year option to keep that right. to keep your salary cap in line for another year and not mm-hmm. have to pay out what we just saw Lamar Jackson get in a contract, what, 180-plus million guaranteed? Yeah, that happened right before the draft. You see, he finally got his deal, mm-hmm. five-year deal, which is uh, great for the Ravens, Todd Munkin. 
thought it was very important he gets signed before they get to OTAs and all of that. So that was huge. It was. so, But, yeah, only three quarterbacks going in the first four picks. Um, it's seeing, what, Houston trade up to number three. They took C.J. Stroud with number two and then traded up for number three to get Will Anderson. I thought that was brilliant. I mean, I know they give up a lot to get to three, and Arizona wasn't taking a quarterback. But, yeah, I thought it was a couple things. I felt good for C.J. Stroud because, you know, there's been a lot of, of negative – things said and written about him and usually when that happens so everyone knows those are teams that are putting out this information that want him to fall they don't want him to go number two overall because they don't pick anywhere near there so they want him to drop with some with whatever negative information they can put out there obviously the texans weren't buying it the texas did their home texans did their homework on it they took him at two they moved back into three, um, gave up quite a bit to get to the Cardinals pick, um, and then took Will Anderson. I, I mean, you got to be really, really happy, you know, if you're D'Amico Ryan's. I mean, you you've got your quarterback for the future, and and you've got that piece like a Nick Bosa that you know, or Joey Bosa that you can you can build around and um, on defense. So I like what they did. Um, there were some curious picks in the first round. Um, but, but the other, the other thing that, and I don't know how this is going to turn out and I'm not surprised necessarily, but the Colts took Anthony Richardson and, you know, I think the Colts have, have grown fatigued of the, you know, recycled veteran quarterbacks, right? Um, we know who they've had, uh, you know, through there, Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers and Matt Ryan. Yeah. And it's time to find their their Andrew Luck, right? It's time to find their Peyton Manning. And so um, Jim Irsay, you know, wanted to address it and do it now. And they and they got a guy who's an absolute freakish athlete that has has such a high ceiling. They'll have to open the roof at uh, Lucas Oil because um, this cat can really play, but he but he's raw. I mean, he's really raw and. I don't know how fast or how slow the Colts will bring him along. The Colts are not a bad team. They're a quarterback away, but obviously AR-15 is going to take some time, um, you know, to learn the pro game and all of that. But but I'm not, you know, if you look at who who the Colts have had before they, you know, started the retread route, um, you know, they draft guys, Peyton Manning, Andrew, Andrew Luck was a tremendous athlete. A little more polished as a quarterback than Richardson, obviously. Um, but they get a guy that's really, you know, he he could be he could be phenomenal. I mean, and he's going to make plays with his legs, but he's always looking to throw first. They've got some pieces around him, a decent offensive line, a running game with Jonathan Taylor. I don't know how fa- fast they're going to force him in in a lineup. I would hope and expect maybe they would take some time, but maybe not. Maybe he'll be their best quarterback the first day that he shows up. Um but it's interesting that uh, you're going to have Anthony Richardson now and, of course, C.J. Stroud in the same division. They'll be going at each other twice a year, so that'll be fun to watch. Um, and, you know, Bryce Young to Carolina. Look, I I think Bryce Young was the best quarterback. I don't think it was close. Carolina's going to be really, really interesting this year because they were all but a half away from eliminating the Bucks and maybe winning that division a year ago, and I think – Young is going to be an outstanding player. Don't know whether he'll do it as a rookie. We'll see, but I think that was the right pick. I think he was the best quarterback. 
So let's get to what really matters, and that's the Bucks. Um, talked to a lot of people, know the team pretty well. I'm here to tell you that their their biggest needs, in the estimation of a lot of people, uh, in the organization was offensive tackle and edge rusher. You know, somebody who could sort of impact the quarterback, protect the quarterback, and impact the quarterback. Well. Didn't quite get there. Um, But they did get a guy who can affect the quarterback. But he's an interior defensive lineman. This was a curious pick for me. And I'm not, look, I don't know anything about the kid. So I'm I'm not going to, you know, say, oh, this is a bust. Because I I don't know that it is. But they drafted Kalijah Kansi from Pitt. And he's an undersized defensive tackle. Okay. Interior defensive lineman. Well, they've kind of had their run of those guys of late because they picked one just a year ago, you know? So Logan Hall, who didn't get to play much, um, was their first pick, albeit he, he wasn't in the first round. He was the first pick of the second round at number 33 overall. Now, he didn't play a whole lot because he had two guys. He had Akeem Hicks and Vita Bay ahead of him and even Will Golston. But you know what? They don't have some of those guys back this year. They don't have Akeem Hicks. They don't have Will Golston. So I'm not sure. I mean, Cansey is really a three technique. I mean, he's a guy that should play inside. But in a 3-4, you could move him to the outside defensive end position, and then, you, of course, you cover those guys up with the outside linebackers uh, in Shaq Barrett and Joe Tryon and Sawinka. So they love this kid. And... The thing they like about him, it's it's unmistakable comparisons because there's just nothing else you can do but but compare them. Is that he's six foot one, two eighty one, which is undersized for an interior defensive lineman in the NFL. But he went to Pitt, and he's the exact weight and height of one Aaron Donald, the three time defensive player of the year in the NFL, and he knows Donald. Um, he plays with that sort of chip on his shoulder as well. He's an unbelievable competitor. Um, and he said, you know, look, it's a great comparison. He goes, but I'm Kalijah Kanzi, and that's who I'm trying to make a name for. Uh, serious cat. And I think Jason Light nailed it when he said, he'll remind you a lot of Levante David. Understated, very confident leader. And oh, by the way, many years apart, they're from the same high school, Miami Northwestern, which was a bit of a football powerhouse for a while. And so he was in Miami with his family when he was drafted. He seemed stunned by it because I don't think he he figured he spent a lot of time with Tampa Bay or that they would be the ones drafting him. But, yeah, he's he's going to remind everybody of former Pitt defensive tackle Aaron Donald. It, it's just... And, and he's had these comparisons for a long time. And he's like, you know, he's okay with it. And he just wants to make the name for himself, you know. And again, um, his motivation or sort of like his chip on his shoulder. He talked about having a chip. And he goes, a lot of us in Miami do at Northwestern. Levante is like that, kind of a quiet guy, but with fire. And for him... He said the fire is because he would say he's been overlooked his whole life. 
that not many people believed him. I think he was like a three-star recruit out of high school. He says, you know, it's not passing the eyeball test for many guys, um, but also just proving myself right and not trying to prove anyone wrong. Um, so I like the guy's temperament. If he's anything close to Aaron Donald, um, aside from a dude that just played at Pitt in the same position and is the same size, that would also be a huge lift uh, for the Bucks. But but you still have a lot of question marks about why why would you go D tackle there? You know what I mean? He had to be a much higher rated player on their board than anybody at a need position. You know, because usually you say we're going to take the best position, best player available, and you mean the best player at a specific need. But if you just look at the off the defensive line as a whole, and Todd Bowles as the coordinator, um, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised they took someone like this guy. Um, but I I don't know when you had other guys, you know, on on that were still available at need positions. Well, it just shows you what they think of him. I mean, they must love him. Yes, they've lost Akeem Hicks and Will Golston, so they're you know Mm -hmm. they're not deep in the interior. Right. I wouldn't call it the biggest position of need because you had Vita Vea and Logan Hall. Right. But could be your starters. Right. But you know, knowing edge rusher, cornerback, and offensive line, particularly offensive Mm -hmm. tackle, being your biggest needs for them to take a defensive tackle there. They must really love the kid, and you know, yeah. and, and you know, if I'm them, I probably would have tried to trade down. Although it takes two to tango, someone's got to want to trade up for you to trade back. That's right. So, you know, I, you have to kind of trust trust the process they went through that uh, that they must love him that much to 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 not take offensive tackle there, to not take an edge rusher because mm-hmm. uh, there were some available there that went you know in the next few picks afterwards. So. Well, the guy that I thought they were going to take, quite honestly, when they when, when a lot of the offensive linemen had come off the board, four of them had, had mm-hmm. the four that they would have had first round grades on. The guy that I thought they were going to take was Nolan Smith out of Georgia. Um, he wound up going thirtieth overall, thirty <laughs> first actually to, the, to Philly. Is that, was that thirty first? Or no, he actually was thirtieth because uh, Miami's no, he, fourth uh, the pick. Yeah, it, it would have been yeah, thirty first pick, but. Yeah, I'm looking at 30th. Yep. He he went 30th overall. Look, he went much later than the Bucks pick at 19. Um, but he went to the Eagles, who I think took two or three Georgia Bulldogs. Two. They took Jalen Carter. <laughs> and him, right? Yep. Okay. To go with what they already have, which is brilliant. It just felt to me like you got Vita, you got Hall, you know, you got Deidre and Sonat. You have some, like you got some dudes right inside. But what you don't know what you're going to get is what you're getting out of Shaq Barrett. What are you getting out of Joe Tryon Schwinka? Like Nolan Smith is a dog. You know, man, that dude, you know, 239 pounds can fly um, and can do so much off the edge. You know, kind of Micah Parsons-like, if you will. Not that he's the same guy, obviously. I just thought that's the way they were going to go. And... They didn't, so it tells me that they really, really like Cansey and they like his makeup. And he, when you talk to him, um, it's not Aaron Donald you're reminded of, it's Levante David. And they went to the same high school many years apart, but it's a football factory down there. 
uh, Florida kid. He was in Miami when uh, he was drafted with family, and it was they're going crazy and all of that. But he's very serious when he talks. <laughs> he's just he's all business, man. You know, and he's like, you know, he's you know, comparisons are great. He says it's great to be compared, like you know, Taron Donnelly says. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm Kalijah Cansey, and that's who I want to make a name for. So. Bucks fans are going to love his temperament. Hopefully they'll learn to love his play as he gets into the pro game a little bit. Um, but we'll have a chance. To, you know, we're just going to have to wait and talk to to Todd Bowles to see, like, what he was thinking. Um, but there were some good players on the board. And um, they chose this dude. They think, you know, they obviously had the highest first-round grade on him when it was their time to pick. And they may have tried, to your point, to move back, um, move up. You know, it always takes more than one team to do that. But um, at least for the first round, you know, Jason Light stood pat and, you know, um, decided to to make a pick at 19. But the dude had 14 and a half sacks, 27 and a half tackles for loss in his last two seasons. And he was the 2022 ACC Defensive Player of the Year as a junior. So a lot of pedigree. Also a freakish athlete. Like, even though he's, you know, what did I say, 6'1", something like that, um, he still ran a 40-yard dash in 4.67 seconds, which is flying for a guy his size, you know? So I would be excited if I were, you know, kind of a Bucks fan, but um, not the name that we had heard, not what we had been hearing. doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means the Bucks did a really, really good job of sort of throwing people off the scent, you know? And mm-hmm. really beauty's in the eye of the beholder, so... If they think he's worth, you know, the the pick that they just made, then that's all that matters. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax with their 20 plus sports activities, wellness programs. You can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. And finally, nothing like the Chicago White Sox to get your bats going again. The race who had been shut out 19 straight innings by the Houston Astros, and then the first inning again on Thursday. Finally got it rolling, and, uh, man, the White Sox are bad. And the Rays, you know, did what the Rays do to these teams. They bashed them. Um, it, was an easy, it was an easy win, and that's what they kind of needed was to get the bats going again because they only had two hits in that uh, series finale against Houston. Yeah, so we were talking before the podcast. What the the Rays are two and four against the Blue Jays and Astros. They won one of one of three to both of those teams. Yeah, they are nineteen I mean, nineteen and one against everybody else. I mean, that's nineteen and one. Like you're playing major league teams. I know they're not playing well, and I know they're you know the schedule has not been that difficult of yet. But the teams they played in the East, they've lost to. I mean, how did they uh, lose a game to times? the Reds? I mean, just that's just egregious. I don't know that. That was weird. 
Cincinnati. Well, Cincinnati had had their number for a while there for a while, but yeah. um, but yeah, fourteen to five. I mean, just absolutely. Brandon Lau uh, had been in a, in a in a slump. He had been zero for fifteen. He had a three hit night, um, just a double short of the cycle. I, uh, Isak Paredes, you know, had a five five RBIs. I think Yandy Diaz. How about him? Um, he had him and Luke Rayleigh each had three hits and mm-hmm. and home runs. And for Yandy, I think this is the most he's ever hit in a month in his career. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's uh, six or seven. I can't remember what it is, but he's bashing the ball. So good to see him swing the bats again. It was a little cool on the on the south side of Chicago, but yeah, Luke Rayleigh, um, what three hits and pitched an inning and pitched. That's right. What are the rules like? Isn't there something like you can only put a position player? You in have if to you're be winning? up like seven runs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, if you're winning, right? Yeah, yeah, or and losing too. You have to be down by so yes, much. That's correct. Yeah, um, in order to use a, a a position player. That's right. Well, Shane McClanahan is on a roll. Um, he wanted he wanted to go back out there, I guess, in the sixth, but um. He didn't throw many pitches, but that dude's that dude is a losing streak stopper. No, they were already up seven to two at that point. No need. Yeah, to, it didn't matter. No need to put yeah, him back out. Why there. push him? He's going to pitch a lot of innings yeah. this year. Um. So yeah, man. I mean, here they are, twenty-one and five. And actually, by the time yeah. he went out there, it would have been it was what twelve to two or twelve to two yeah, by the was, time he would have gone back out for the bottom of the sixth. Right. Yeah. The game was already pretty much won. But yeah. uh, save save the innings, man. Yeah, still leading the majors in home runs. He got fifty-one now. Um, so yeah, I mean, just don't play anybody good. I guess is the message, man. It's like, <laughs> but the, you know what? If you're a good team, though, like you're supposed to bash bad teams, and they do. Mm-hmm. They don't just like they don't mess around with them. Like they get up on them and then they stomp on them. And they they've done to the White Sox, who have now lost. I want to say five or six in a row. Um, they're in a terrible, terrible position. I can just only imagine what Chicago Talk Radio is right now. Somebody had a call that was so yeah, good. They put in it a row. Up. Is it eight in a row? Yeah. And not scored many runs in the process either. No. I mean, they actually got five tonight. But I know. That's but, a win for them. Yeah, they got though. three late. But Yeah, that's true. So, win, win, win. The Rays just continue to roll and the – continue their series up there in Chicago and see how much distance they can put between themselves and everybody else in the American League East. So it was uh, it was a good night for the race after going 20, what amounted to um, following the first inning on yeah, 20 straight innings. 20, they had 20 straight run. innings yep. without a run. Yeah. Which is incredible. Um, but that's not who they are. I think they're going to hit the ball and, you know, we'll see how far they can push this when they start playing playing better teams again all right so the bucks uh, will continue their draft we got rounds two and three tonight i want to say it starts around seven ish yeah it's usually um, when it does yeah yeah early in the day around four uh we're gonna have a chance to sit down and and actually have a face-to-face you know meeting with the bucks first first round pick which is always nice serious dude by the way like really serious dude uh, nice guy but like you know he, um, he he is. He, there's a lot of Levante in this guy. Good leader, quiet guy, all about football, says he wants to get better 3% every day, had all the right things to say. 
Uh, and he was stunned. He said he was really surprised when Tampa Bay picked him. I don't think he expected maybe to go that early, but he certainly was grateful it was Tampa Bay because there he is just sitting a few hours away in Miami. So that has to be exciting too. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, for Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food, Food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.